Lord, please speak in ways that we can hear you. Give us grace to lay aside the things that are weighing on us, that we may be attentive to your word. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. There's a lot more reading in this service, and I'm losing my voice, so I apologize. Um, at this point in the service, we have the sermon, which, as we all know, is where wise, wise words happen right now, right? What a preacher. Today, what we're going to be doing is looking at uh, the nature of the Eucharist and what is it that we're actually doing. And for those of us who may be listening to the podcast, if you want to have the full instructed Eucharist, go to our Facebook page and you can see it from this morning. This was the night, we celebrated the Eucharist, as the night where Jesus was betrayed by his disciples. It was the night where he had one last chance to tell them his vision about who he really was, his vision for the kingdom and his mission. And it's very interesting that Jesus did this. He didn't give them a book and say, this is my autobiography, and I want you to look at it and study, then you'll understand. He didn't give a great big long lecture, but he used something that was very common for the Jewish people. He used the Passover meal. Now, how many people here have actually done the Seder Supper with Bill years ago? Yeah? Okay, so we know that when we do the Seder Supper, there's different parts to the meal, there's different courses, and each item of food that you consume has a meaning, it has a purpose. And the one that stands out to me most clearly is, is when you take the bitter herbs and you dip them in the salt water. And that's supposed to remind the people of the bitterness of slavery. And I don't know about you, but when I bite into those, what is it? <laughs> I forget what kind of bitter herbs it is, but when you bite into it, it's, it's sharp. And it, it is just, it's a very wonderful way of communicating bitterness. Well, Jesus took that Seder supper, that Passover meal, and he applied it to himself. And he said, when you gather together to break bread, to share a meal together, which would have been a daily occurrence or at least a weekly occurrence, remember when you break the bread, remember what I say. This is my body, which is given for you. Bread nourishes us. It sustains us. So what was Jesus saying? For life in the kingdom, you need to be filled up with me. In the same way, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Jesus said, this is the cup. If, if you want to have any part with me, you need to drink my blood, which would have been disgusting, well, for anybody, but especially for a Jewish person of that time. But Jesus is saying, what I am doing, you need to receive. The risk I take is for you. So do this in memory of me. Now, a lot of ink has been spilt, a lot of arguments have been had over what actually happens at the table or the altar. Does the bread and the wine literally become the blood and body and flesh of Jesus? Or is it just a symbol? Or is it neither of those things or both of those things? What could it be? In my walk as a Christian, for the longest time, I used to think it was just a symbol. It was just something we do. I've had too many experiences with the Eucharist now where Jesus showed up in a really powerful way. I can't believe that anymore. But I have no problem with people coming to the table and say, this is just a memorial, this is just a symbol. That's okay. But I think there's something more going on here. I think that 
There's something that happens when we gather in faith and we say, we consecrate the bread and the wine and we share in an action together. John Lowndes has this beautiful way of communicating um, the Eucharist and he, and he says, when we receive, we put our hands together, right? And that's like when the manger received Jesus, we receive Jesus. And when we receive the bread and once upon a time when we receive the wine, we are what we eat. We're filling up with Jesus. And that's a beautiful way of understanding it. Um, I think that, that when we receive the wine and the bread, one of the things that I want to encourage us all to say is amen. Yes, I'm receiving this bread and I'm receiving this wine, but by faith I'm receiving Jesus in a very particular way. And I want to have that union with him. I want that oneness with Jesus. I want that fresh start today. I want that cleansing. I want the empowerment to live out the kingdom life. The Eucharist is a means of healing for us. Um, this past week, I, um, I went back home to uh, Kent County for my, my uncle's burial. And I saw my cousin Mark, who lives in Ontario. I haven't seen Mark in 10 years. And when I saw him, I couldn't help it. I hugged him, and I held on. He was probably really uncomfortable. <laughs> but the Eucharist, if, if you want to understand how the Eucharist works, think of a hug with someone that you just desperately want to hug again. Someone that you just haven't seen in a while. A hug is just an action but it conveys so much more of the love and the relationship that we have with Jesus. And so when you think of the hug, yeah, it's an action, it happens. And when it's done, it's not really done, is it? Because you still feel that connection. When we receive the Eucharist, we may feel an intimate, wonderful uh, moment with Jesus. We may not. But if we say, amen, I believe we can trust that as we receive the bread and the wine, we are receiving Jesus in a particular way, and he is at work in us. And I think that's what matters. Okay, um, so now that's the sermon. The sermon that wasn't supposed to happen. And Michael, we'll turn it over to you. Thank you. As we continue with the service, we now respond.